What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Awesome NBA Strategy Show. Dave Lochran, Greg Ehrenberg with you on a five-game slate here. Chop the top off of this one. Nothing for the early games at 12 p.m. and a 1.30 start. No, sir. And, uh, well, I'm grateful for that because we already have uh, an incredible amount of uncertainty surrounding this entire slate. That's been the case most of the week. We've got two days left of NBA basketball in the restart seeding games. Then we head to the playoffs. Happy to have everyone with us as always and happy to be here. Kind of. It's a weird one, Greg. Uh, and it's going to take a lot of deciphering to try and figure out what we're doing with today's five gamer. Yeah. And the minutes at this point in the season have just become so difficult to predict. Like we saw yesterday, all kinds of weird things going on with minutes like Embiid played through his ankle injury, then left with a hand injury, but who knows how many minutes he was going to play anyway. Horford played 18 minutes in the first half, didn't play in the second half. So it's, it's so tough to predict minutes at this point in the season. So for sure, building lineups, I'm trying to focus on the guys who have something to play for, you know, the Damian Lillards, the Devin Bookers, but we got to roster some of the other guys too. So it's not always viable to only play the teams with something to play for. Yeah. So, uh, well, we've got, we don't have the same luxury of, going super deep into shows and, and spending a, a, a million hours breaking everything down. Not that it's necessary, obviously, but I, I tend to get, I tend to get carried away sometimes. Well, we do have the NBA or MLB strategy show coming up directly after this. Josh, is it the same stream? Are we doing some same stream for live before lock? Probably for this, for strategy show. No. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, that'll be coming up at 11 a.m. That's Josh Engelman and Adam Share, And then we've got NBA Live Before Lock at 3 p.m., I believe. All right, so let's dive right into it, Greg. Hit that thumbs up, by the way, if you're just walking in the door. It helps us immensely. Subscribe, hit the notification bell as well, so you always know when new content's going to drop next. You'll get alerted if you want to. Makes life a little bit easier on you, especially given the crazy start times for everything. Uh, recently, Milwaukee, Minnesota, or Memphis, Memphis. <laughs> I, I, doing baseball and doing basketball. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, my mind's in a pretzel. Anyway, uh, this game right now, you have the the Milwaukee Bucks as one point favorites. At least it opened that way. We don't have totals on a bunch of games. I'm refreshing, and now we do. Okay, now we're at my, uh, Memphis minus two and a half. So only 30 minutes ago or 20 minutes ago, Milwaukee was minus one. Memphis minus two and a half. Uh, 226 total here. Giannis got suspended 
uh, for the remaining seeding games, which mean nothing. But, you know, there we are. Uh, we can start with Milwaukee first. You've got in terms of, of, of injuries and, and pending statuses, there's not a ton here. There's Giannis out, Wes Matthews is out, but then Ersan Ilyasova is questionable, which could actually loom kind of large. DJ Wilson started the second half of last game when Giannis got ejected, played 13 minutes, and closed the game out, which is not particularly good considering the entire starting lineup was on the bench. Uh, Ersan Ilyasova played 10 minutes in that second half, so that could definitely make a difference if, if, if Ilyasova sits. Yeah, so I mean, I'm looking at this team and I'm just trying to figure out like how many minutes are these guys willing to play the guys that are existing and, and why? So we've got Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe. It looks like they're expected to play right now. I don't totally buy it though. Cause I mean, if you look at like what the Bucks did the last game of last season, Bonzi Colson played 44 minutes. Like they went with just bench guys and just played them the entire game. So even though Middleton and Bledsoe, it looks like they're going to play. I think there's a chance they get ruled out late. And then even if they play, I, I don't think we could play them in DFS, even with Giannis out, just because I, I, this feels like a spot to me. They play like 15 minutes and then go to the bench, which kind of kills the value for everybody on this team. If that's the case, because then even the bench guys, as they come in, like how, how much are they playing? Are they playing the starters play the first half bench guys play the second half? I just think there's better spots to target than the box, especially because the Grizzlies are motivated to win. Okay. Uh, I think if, if there's one spot that I do like here, it would be DJ Wilson. The, for a couple of reasons. The first one, quite simply being the, the run he got in the second half and he played um, through a blowout. There was there was not, no reason left to play. Corver, Hill, Connaughton, uh, Elisa, or Giannis was already out, but Brooke Lopez, all of those guys played just a couple minutes into the fourth quarter. They came out, and then the Giannis, uh, I can't even pronounce that guy's name, Thanasis, Thanasis. Giannis Antetokounmpo's unknown um, brother. How about that? Frank Mason had a big game, played 21 minutes. Robin Lopez, Sterling Brown, Ilyasova, and DJ Wilson. But Wilson was the only one who started the second half that closed this game out, played five minute, four and a half minutes to close the game out. Uh, he played 23 minutes in that game, too. So I, I'd pro I think you could see around 27, 28 minutes from Wilson. The center position is quite simply one of those spots where if you're just out there, oftentimes you're going to accumulate some numbers just from being around the basket, being able to put back shots, block a couple shots and pull in rebounds. So uh, against Memphis, I, I have a lot of respect for, for Jonas Valanciunas, but I still think uh, Wilson at minimum salary would be one of the guys I'm looking at today, specifically if Ilyasova sits. If Ilyasova sits, I think it, it definitely changes things up. But it's weird, Greg, because this is a completely meaningless game for Memphis. I'm sorry, for Milwaukee. And I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, to see Middleton sit uh, and, and to see Bledsoe sit. That's still unknown. But for Memphis, this is a huge game. Uh, it's so big to the point where last game, John Morant played 42 and a half minutes and had that game not gotten out of hand in a blowout loss to Boston, he would have played 45 minutes. He would have played 35 straight minutes to close the game. So uh, what we're seeing now is, there's no doubt they're going to look to do everything they can to win this game. Uh, and they're one of the teams that we do have a good idea of what it's going to look like. Yeah. So here's the deal with Maranto. He's really expensive. And I don't necessarily think that he's a terrible play at his, at his price tag. He's 9,000 on DraftKings. The thing is the opportunity cost of rostering him means you can't roster Devin Booker means maybe not being able to roster Damian Lillard. And those are guys who I prefer to pay up for. So 
I wouldn't say that Morant is somebody who wouldn't be in my player pool. There's just other guys I prefer to pay up for, and it makes Morant more of a secondary play. Uh, the other guy who I actually prefer more is Valanchunas. It's 7,700. So even though Valanchunas hasn't really played great in the bubble, he's only scored over 40 DK points once in all of these games. This is the really type of high leverage spot where I think they're going to try to give him as many minutes as possible. And like you said, if you like DJ Wilson in this game, you think he plays most of the center minutes, then I kind of think you have to like Jonas Valanciunas because I think he would destroy DJ Wilson in the post. He should, yeah. It's just a matter of of whether or not. Look, here's the thing, though. John Morant, if you're looking across sites, John Morant's $7,700 on FanDuel. I, I think that's an outrageously cheap price point on a guy that might play 48 minutes. I'm telling you right now, if John Morant might play 45 minutes in this game if it's competitive. Uh, yes, against the against the Milwaukee team that Mike Budenholzer has no problem running and gunning. They're playing one of the fastest paces in the league. They have all season long. Uh, to me, that is that is way too cheap. Uh, and I, I just, you know, I, I can't help but, but look at someone in, in Moran and say, well, okay, has he been amazing in his rookie season? Well, from a fantasy standpoint, no, he, he's been pretty spotty. Uh, he's rookie of the year. But ultimately, he's been pretty good in this restart. And he's a ball handling point guard who, who initiates the offense, brings the ball up the court, is their goat, is their leading facilitator and well, their leading shot taker. 7,700 is super, super cheap. Uh, and then over on, on Superdraft, uh, the sponsor of the show, you're going to get John Moran at a, at a pretty reasonable, or I'm sorry, yeah, where, where is he? Hold on. I just lost him. John Morant's multiplier on Superdraft is 1.45. So yeah, that's, that's a good number. Yeah. So on DraftKings, I don't disagree with you. On FanDuel and Superdraft, I think these are spots that if I can get, especially on a day like today where there's so much uncertainty, if I can pretty much lock in Taylor Jenkins giving this guy 40-plus minutes against a B-squad or D-squad Milwaukee team, I'm all about it. Um what else are your thoughts on this game from Memphis or Milwaukee? I, I don't, I, I don't mind jumping around a little bit because there's so much going on. Yeah. So one other thing on Milwaukee and just on your point of DJ Wilson, I'm a little wary of locking in cheap guys from the early games, just cause I think if we look at these later games, unless here's the exception, if we find out DJ Wilson starting, that's a totally different situation. Well, that's the whole point. If, yeah, if he's not yeah. starting, I'm not there, but given that okay. he started the, well, my point is he started the second half of last game and Ersan Ilyasova might be out. So they might just be funneled into that spot by, by default. Yeah, for sure. And if they start cheap guys, then I'm, I'm all for it. But in terms of cheap guys that are coming off the bench in the early games, even if they look to be decent value at that point in time, I think as we get later into the day, there's just inevitably going to be so many cheap starters that are going to make for really strong value plays that I'm a little wary of just rostering kind of fringe type values in early games who aren't starting just because I'm pretty confident that better values are going to open up later in the day. And I don't want to, I don't want to use roster spots. That I could swap out of really strong value later in the slate. That's fair. How much is going to open up though? We have the new Orleans news, uh, Orlando. We have a pretty, pretty good idea of who we're going to get there and their value plays generally speaking are, are all over the place. Portland. We know what we're getting there. Uh, Brooklyn, I know Chios is questionable. We can get into that. It's a later game. I, uh, Utah's already sat there, the players that are going to sit. And, you know, Donovan Mitchell's probable to play. So is everybody else outside of Conley and Gobert. We know Phoenix is going to run their guys out. I think the only other, the biggest uncertainty, the biggest question mark for me right now is Dallas. And that starts at the same time as this Milwaukee-Memphis game. 
Yeah. So do you want to talk about that or just the general overlay of which of which just a general overlay? Because like I said, I don't mind right. jumping around a little bit. So here. so for the Spurs game, there's potential for the Spurs to rest everybody, because if the Grizzlies and the Suns both win their game, which that game happens before the Spurs game, the Spurs are eliminated. And at that point, like DeMar DeRozan, somebody who as of now, I would say if the game matters, DeMar DeRozan plays 40 plus minutes for the Spurs. But if the Grizzlies and, and Suns both win early, DeRozan could get rested because the game becomes meaningless for the Spurs. So that's one of the biggest pivot spots where I don't know, are the starters going to play or are they going to rest everybody? Like Derek White's been banged up. DeJounte Murray had the ACL injury last year. So it's very viable that if the Spurs are eliminated from the playoffs by the time that they are supposed to take the floor, they just go, hey, we're going all backups this game. We're not taking any chances. Yep, you're absolutely right. I also think, though, that you need to, to you need to make some assumptions here. And my assumption is one of Memphis or Phoenix wins this game. I, I'm pretty confident that both of these teams don't lose. Uh, I think one of them is going to win. They're both playing teams that have absolutely nothing to play for. So, But aren't I'm the... Do they need one of them to to win or both of them to win to get eliminated? I thought they were still alive if um if if only one of them lose. The Spurs are 32 and 38, 33-39. Um but the if, if the Blazers, if the Blazers lose, can't they pass the Blazers? No, they can't pass the Blazers. They I get I I guess um yeah, I guess so, but I just I, – here's what, here's what I'm saying, though. Blazers are not losing to Brooklyn. Now, what you're saying is the Blazers play after them, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're going to have to play anyway. Right. Um, so, Phoenix – well, I no, if Phoenix – so, Phoenix right now is tied, tied in win percentage. Yeah, pull that up. Tied in win percentage of San Antonio, so is Memphis – but it appears to me that right now they're above them in the standing. So there must be some tiebreaker there, which means in the event that one of these teams win, they would, they would hold the tiebreaker. Uh, and then, and then Portland would have to lose, but in order for that to happen, that's, that's an insane scenario. So I, I guess maybe you're right. I guess you're right. Yeah. Memphis and Port Phoenix both have to lose. Um, I don't know. Do you have it pulled up? Yeah. So here they get the nine seed if they win and two of the Blazers, Grizzlies and Suns lose. So if so, that means basically if the Grizzlies and Suns, if they uh, if they win and two of the so yeah, as as long as they're still in it, if only yeah. one of Memphis and Phoenix okay, wins, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. So okay. if if both of them win, then the the game means nothing for the Spurs. Okay, so then I guess the question here next would be: is is that value worth waiting around for? San Antonio Spurs value against the Utah Jazz in a sluggishly slow game? Well, do we even know it's going to be that sluggishly slow just because Rudy Gobert isn't playing? It's the Jazz backup, so it's an easy matchup. It's not the matchup we're usually used to seeing against the Jazz. So to me, it would be because then we get in a a spot where, you know, who's going to start? Like Drew Eubanks, maybe? Keldon Johnson, he's kind of been okay. Like there's going to be cheap guys that start for the – for the Spurs in that situation, what we could consider to be a decent matchup against the Jazz rest and their starters. So for that reason, I want to leave some roster spots open in the case that they become viable value plays. Sure. Look, I don't think we're on different pages. My point is I'm not going to completely forego early value if I think it's good because other value might open up. You know, that, that's all I'm saying. Bird in okay. the hand at, at, at times is, is better in a situation like that. If I think like if, 
again, if DJ Wilson starts, I don't know what kind of minutes he's going to get, but I don't know what kind of minutes any of these guys are going to get. And if you think you do, not you personally, but if you think you do, you're full of shit. Like, I promise we, we, I don't know. <laughs> what'd you say? I promise I don't know what the minutes yeah, are. Yeah, I'm not talking about you. I'm saying <laughs> anybody. Like we, We're just taking educated guesses. Uh, and, and I think in, in, in the event that, that Ilyasova sits and Giannis is already out, which we know, and Wilson starts, uh, I'd be willing to say, all right, uh, I'm fine doing that. And, you know, not going with Drew Eubanks if, if, that's, if that's what it takes. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Any, anybody who starts for the Bucks at cheap prices, for sure, a core player would be a core player in my player pool. Yeah, and don't go – I'm not saying go 100%. You know, just uh, – I, I don't want to miss out entirely on some good early performances because I'm – Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm waiting on some potential late ones, but it is something to keep in mind for sure. Wrap up this Memphis and Milwaukee game. Right now, where it stands, who would your top plays be? And keep in mind, we will have NBA Live before lock, so fortunately we'll have news on on uh, Porzingis and Doncic and, and everyone from Milwaukee. Yeah, so for, for me, any cheap players that start from Milwaukee, that would be a priority play. Then from the Memphis side of the game, like he's a John Moran on FanDuel. DraftKings secondary play for me at his price tag. And then I like, I like Valanciunas too, just because I think that he is a chance for huge upside just because he's such a good permanent producer potentially playing against backups. Okay. Yeah, someone said Moran on DraftKings. Uh, good luck with that 27 fantasy points. Listen, I don't think Greg and I disagree at 9,000. That's a lot of money. But he's going – unless this game is entirely out of control, he's playing 40-plus minutes. Like, yeah. there's absolutely no way he doesn't. There. I, I don't know, Greg. I can't think of a scenario outside of a 50-point game or, you know, a little hyperbole there, but I can't think of a scenario outside of a monster blowout on either side that John Morant doesn't play huge minutes nearly the entire game. Yeah, I agree with you. And the other thing to consider, too, is if there's going to be a lot of value on this slate, we don't necessarily need 60 fantasy points from John Morant or even right. 50 at the price tag that he currently is. Like, that's what you'd need normally at his price tag earlier in the season. But if there's going to be you know, a dozen min price players starting that score 30 fantasy points, you need to spend your salary somewhere. So if there are all those value plays that go off today and Marantia scores 35, 40 fantasy points, which kind of feels like a floor for him, then he could end up in the optimal lineup just because you have to spend your money somewhere. For sure. And consider this too. There's a good chance Doncic doesn't play or is going to be severely limited. Then you've got Lillard. Uh, Giannis is out. Then you have Devin Booker. Yusuf Nurkic. Nikola Vujovic, who played very limited minutes last time out, there's no reason to anticipate him playing more minutes today. Uh, and then John ja Morant. Then you get down to Holiday out, Porzingis questionable, Ingram out, Middleton, who knows? Like those are your guys in the 8K range. So I, even on DraftKings, if you have point guard, shooting guard, you have guard, forward, utility, you can still make that work with value quite easily. Like if you, I'm almost certain it'd be very easy to make a Lillard Booker. Morant lineup if you really wanted to right I, I don't I don't see how that would be that 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 difficult at all so uh, again I haven't made them but we're gonna have so much value that 
you're going full out stars and scrubs. Oh, for sure. All right. Phoenix and Dallas. Let's get to this one. Then, uh, the, what is the line? It just came out. You got Phoenix at minus seven. Okay. Well, that should tell us a lot all, right out of the gate, Greg. 234.5 total. Phoenix minus seven here. They're looking to sweep the bubble. Wildly impressive here in this restart. I've enjoyed every second of it. Uh, and really, your only injuries are Kelly Oubre, once again, is not expected to play. Everyone else is. Cameron Johnson, Baines are probable. And then Porzingis and Seth Curry are questionable for for Dallas, but I think this is one where we really want to pay close attention to injury updates for Dallas, especially given this spread. Yeah, for sure. So talking about the Dallas side first, I highly doubt that Porzingis plays. Like if we look at guys who've been listed questionable over the last few days with nothing to play for, they've been ruled out way more often than not. So I'm going to assume Porzingis doesn't play. So Luca, then we have to look at him. And I mean, we were talking about this, about this before the show. I would like to think that just kind of as some sort of revenge type thing, they play Luca close to you know, decent minutes just to be able to knock the Suns out of the playoffs because they passed on Luka in the draft. But I don't think we think that's a super likely scenario. There's better guys to pay up for than Luka. I would, I prefer Moran. I prefer Lillard. I prefer Booker just because we know they have something to play for. So even with Porzingis likely sitting, it's tough to justify Doncic because it just seems so unlikely that he plays full minutes and the other guys are just so much safer on the high end because those, those guys are all vying for a playoff spot. Yeah, he's locked into the seven. Uh, could Doncic play 23 minutes and have 55 fantasy points? Yeah, he absolutely could. And he's done it many times, right? He's done it against the Suns. Yeah, right. Against Milwaukee, played 42. He averaged north of north of two fantasy points per minute. He averaged around two fantasy points per minute against Sacramento. So, yes, he can certainly do it. Uh, I would just, I don't know. I, I, you can't bubble wrap these guys, Greg. I totally understand that. But if you're Rick Carlisle, you know you have a daunting task ahead of you against the L.A. Clippers. Hell, that game yesterday, I tweeted this. The Clippers-Nuggets game looked like it was a playoff game in the third quarter. And then the Clipper, Clippers absolutely pulled away from them. It, it was The distinction was huge between which one of these teams in crunch time, and it's only one game. Uh, and obviously, uh, Jokic didn't come back out for the fourth. Very good Clippers team. If I'm Carlisle, I'm trying to get myself prepared for this one. Uh, and I guess the only question is, do any of these coaches – the answer's got to be no. Like, Do any of these coaches care if they throw a game to let another team into the playoffs? Because they shouldn't. No, there's no there's no like Bill Belichick of the NBA. There, there's no equivalent right. to that where there's, where, there's some, where there's a coach who that badly wants to beat somebody to do this or that. Uh I'm trying to well, think I was thinking, like, does Rick Carlisle think, shit, man, I don't want the Lakers. Or, I don't want the Lakers playing, uh, playing the Phoenix Suns. I want the Lakers playing the Portland Trailblazers. Luca, go play well, 40. I think, I think the Clippers did that the other, the other day against, against the Blazers. When they played Terrence Mann in the final 10 minutes of the game after he played a total of 40 seconds the two uh, previous games. And that still won. That absolutely happened that game. For and, sure. And Doc said, oh, I didn't even know about the standings. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah we, we just coincidentally never play Terrence Mann. It's like Terrence Mann gets all exactly. the <laughs> and they're And just the, the, the Clippers pull the game to, to one, and then they're like, all right, Paul George is coming up. Yeah, coincidence. Exactly. I, I, don't, I, don't, buy, I, don't, I don't buy that at all. 
I was waiting for Doc to throw that game so he could face Utah. Yes, the, the last night's game to face Utah instead of Dallas. I'd much rather face Utah, but then again, when you're reseeded, it doesn't exactly help. So if we're talking about Dallas here, and if you guys have questions in chat, we'll try to get to them, but we'll get to them all in live before lock at 3 p.m. Uh, if our assumption right now is Porzingis doesn't play and we don't know what's going on with Doncic, there's not a whole lot that we can decipher right now. No, I think, I mean, Trey Burke at 4,400, he could be okay. He's played really well in the bubble, and he's always been a pretty decent per-minute fantasy producer when he gets on the floor. I mean, if you look at his last four games, he scored over 20 DK points in all of them, started last game, 12 points, four rebounds, nine assists. But still, he, he's a fringe option. There's probably going to be better value plays than him. In order for me to want to roster Trey Burke, he's going to have to start, although I do think there's a somewhat decent chance that ends up being the case. All right. Are you right currently on anybody from, from the Dallas Mavericks? Uh, it would only be Kleber potentially if he starts or Trey Burke if he starts. Okay. What if Luca and Porzingis sit? Would you be willing to look at Hardaway or is that still too high of a price point? Because I don't think price really matters much today, but, you know. Here, here's the thing. If those guys both sit, then I kind of start to think, what are the odds of Hardaway playing his regular minutes? I mean, I know that the last couple of games he played 36 and 34 minutes. He probably but, plays 25. But yeah, but he's still, you know, he's still one of the starters. He's still one of their core guys. So if they're resting Porzingis and Doncic, my assumption is going to be Hardaway either sits or he plays nowhere near his regular minutes. Give me 30 Berea minutes. That would break the Ooh, I would. <laughs> Berea, you know what's funny? Berea is like 40 years old. He's tore his Achilles. You put him on the court, he scores fantasy points. Yeah, dude, he's still a plus one per minute guy. Like every single year. It's incredible. Uh, he's so fun to watch because he can create his own shot and he's a good playmaker. That's what you want at the position. And if JJ Berea starts, you you at 25, not even kidding, 25 minutes from JJ Berea against the Suns, you're probably getting what you need 80% of the time. So yeah, the, uh, I mean, you would expect over 30 fantasy points, and that's fine. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And he'll produce. He will come through. J.J. Barea won't let you down. But, uh, you know, we still are – are. it's a, still a lot of uncertainty there. He did play 26 minutes last game and scored 32-and-a-half DraftKings points. Trey Burke last time out played 31 minutes at 34. Uh, there's no doubt Barea is a better per-minute guy, but uh, Burke feels like one of those players that probably gets a little additional run because he's not decrepit. Uh, what about Phoenix on the other side? Devin Booker, dude, he scored 30-plus points in like five of seven games. He scored 30. I think he scored 35 in three straight. He has. This is actually interesting. He scored 35 points exactly in three straight and four of his last five. He seems to really enjoy that number, uh, and he scored 30-plus in four of – or uh, sorry, five of his last six. So – you're going to get pretty prolific scoring from Devin Booker. Uh, assuming this game is competitive, unlike the OKC game, you're probably going to get around 40 minutes from him. Now, I don't know if this game will be competitive at all. What I do know is that you still need to be looking at Devin Booker very, very closely. I mean, their last game against the Sixers wasn't all that competitive he still down the stretch, and he still played 41 minutes. So I think they're, they're not going to take any chances here. I think that if they're up, they're going to leave Booker in as long as possible because – this is the Suns. We've seen them do crazy things. They are taking no chances blowing a lead here. So Booker, I feel really confident in him. In terms of the superstars on this slate, I go Lillard one, uh, with 
uh, something to play for. I go Lillard one, Booker two, Morant three. So I, I like Devin Booker a decent amount. Somebody else who I think could go overlooked is DeAndre Ayton because his last two games have been total garbage. And the one against Thunder, against the Thunder, that comes with an asterisk because he missed the entire first quarter because he skipped his COVID test and then checks in in the second quarter. The game ends up being a blowout. He doesn't play in the fourth quarter, so only gets 17 minutes. That's kind of an excusable dud. And then the game against the Sixers, he just kind of sucks. Scores 26 fantasy points, eight rebounds, 12, uh, eight points, 12 rebounds. But still, DeAndre Ayton for the season, he's been a really good per-minute fantasy producer. I think that he could go a little bit overlooked because of those last couple of bad games, but he's still somebody with a massive amount of upside and could potentially be playing against, you know, backups on the Mavericks. And if this is a game like Boban plays center, like Ethan is going to run circles around Boban. So I I think that he's somebody with a lot of upside that's going to go a little bit overlooked in tournaments. Okay. Any uh, peripheral guys for Phoenix that stand out to you? So here's the issue with the Phoenix peripheral guys. I think that the the playing time and the the the, the minutes and the usage are going to be so focused on Aiton and Booker that it's hard for me to imagine many big games coming from other guys. Like on FanDuel where we need to fill other positions, like Bridges and Cameron Johnson, those guys are fine at small forward on FanDuel. But there's nobody else I'm dying to play just because I think that the production is going to be so focused on a couple of guys. Okay. And I see some conversations about Boban in chat. Keep in mind that Boban Marjanovic, even in his best of days under Rick Carlisle, uh, minutes usually pretty limited. But he did – this is this surprised me. Boban played 21, 25 minutes – hold on. 25 minutes against Utah last time out. That was pretty shocking. Uh, and then right before the, – the, the last game before uh, the the – uh, postponement of the season he played 31 minutes Bubba's been on a bunch of teams many of which were never willing to give him more than like 17 minutes uh mo- most of that people think because he's big he's he's good defensively he's not he's he's just not exactly a star no, athlete no he's got uh, and he, he's got feet made of cement exactly couldn't jump over a dime worse than greg monroe uh but if he's out there and he's just catching balls and dropping them into the basket this could <laughs> which is literally what he does. You've watched him play a a million times, right? Like he just stands there and drops balls into the basket. Uh, It's, it's a, it's a spectacle for sure. If he starts, maybe Bobin does get 25 minutes and 25 minutes from Bobin is just pure electricity, baby. So for sure. And the, the other thing too, if we're going a little bit of maybe greasy theory towards the end of the season, if the Mavericks aren't playing for anything, Right, they don't really care if they win or lose. How do you make the game more entertaining if you're Rick Carlisle? Yeah, you put you put you put Marjanovic in there for you know 25 minutes. He's a fan favorite. Like, why not? Everybody yeah. likes Boban. The players all like him. Opponents like him. The fans like him. So, I, I mean, he was he was in he's in movies now. He's he's a movie star just because he's kind of because he's really tall. Actually, that's that's really the only reason people yeah. like him. But but, but he's still awesome. he's but still, well, that's he's, not true. He's got one of the, I'm not kidding, Greg. He's got one of the greatest personalities. And is widely referred to around the league as as one of the nicest people in the NBA. So it comes, he's like the gentle giant. Yeah, and but I also think it, that that kind of backs him into playing time because when there's nothing to play for, I kind of think there's this spot where they go like, hey, let's just play Boban because he can put up some you know some big numbers in limited minutes and just the fact that he is the fan favorite. Like I wrote about this, I wrote this about him in, in their last game where it's like, hey, if they're gonna rest guys. Why wouldn't they just give Boban a bunch of minutes? The game doesn't matter anyway. At least make it fun. 
I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Plus, Dwight Powell didn't enter the bubble. Willie Cauley-Stein didn't enter the bubble. So if Porzingis sits, you're already shorthanded there. Dorian Finney-Smith, I know he's probable to play, but who knows what his playing time looks like. Maxie's probable too, but uh, all in all, there could be some minutes there for Bowman, and I'm pretty excited about it. So that's a 4 p.m. Eastern time lock or uh, tip-off, so keep that in mind. That's important, uh, and it should be pretty helpful to us going forward. All right, two down, three to go. Before we do that, just want to shout out our sponsor, Superdraft. I mentioned John Morant earlier in the show at 1.45 multiplier. Some of you might be scratching your head asking, what in the hell does that mean? Well, I'll tell you. It's very simple. Instead of salaries, they do multipliers at Superdraft, and it is a very cool format. I've said a lot. I hate when sites try and reinvent the wheel for DFS because there's a product that works and everyone loves it. This is the one instance where I've looked at it and I said, you know what? This is actually really cool because it's none of this craziness. It just makes sense where you can play whoever you want, but it doesn't mean that by playing uh, all of the top players, the top, say the top priced players on a FanDuel or DraftKings doesn't mean that makes sense because in most cases it doesn't. If you're getting a 2X multiplier on a Boban Marjanovic and he starts or a DJ Wilson and they drop 40 fantasy points, you're getting 80 fantasy points from them. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So while Damian Lillard or Luca have a 1x multiplier and they score 60, you're still only getting 60. So it, it's a really cool strategic way to, to build lineups. And flat out, there's attainable wins. Like you could go in $12 entry, $5 entry, and actually have a really decent shot at winning you know, a couple thousand dollars, in some cases, four or $5,000. And then when they do the bigger ones, even more. Uh, so, yeah, it's not $100,000 every single night for three different contests, but it's really a spot where you can become familiar with it, gain an edge in playing Super Draft, and win some real money. And the best part is they'll inject money straight into your account, free Supercast, just by signing up through us. Awesome 10 is the promo code. Use that at sign up. A-W-E-S-E-M-O-1-0, all one word. You get $10 straight in your account upon depositing $10. You have a little bit more money. You want $20 straight into your account. Use the promo code AWESOMO10. Deposit $100 or more. You get $20 straight in there. That's Superdraft. Go to Superdraft.io or download it in the App Store. Check it out today and get that free money. Get those contests in and go win some of it. All right, Greg, let's go to Utah and San Antonio. We already kind of talked about this a little bit, kind of primed it uh, a minute ago. Right now, the San Antonio Spurs are eight-point favorites. If here's here's an interesting kind of point here. If you believe from a betting standpoint, if you really have confidence that Memphis and Phoenix are going to win, you should be hammering the Jazz and taking eight points there. Well, here's the other thing too, because the books aren't that quick to adjust. I wouldn't bet it this early in the day, but if we get to halftime of those early games, like the line isn't going to move from that eight points. So if we get to halftime and those games look like blowouts, we know what the results are going to be then we could go jump on the Jazz then. Like, there's going to be opportunities to potentially bet them during those early games where we don't really need to guess what the scores are going to be. So There should that's, be, yeah. yeah that, that's, some, that's the approach I'm going to take. 
Yeah, it's a good approach. And some sites honestly have cash out options. So if something happens yeah. and it swings wildly against you, you know, maybe you lose a couple dollars, but you can still get out of a really bad bet. I don't see that being the case. Uh, but yeah, take your time. Uh, I, I've been saying this a lot lately. I said it on Sirius the other day, Greg. This is an ideal time to wait for to wait for injury news. Make sure you have notifications directly coming to your phone or whatever you're using. Because when that happens, for example, the other day, uh, the team, the Phoenix Suns were facing OKC. OKC rolled three players out. The line was at four and a half. Boom. They didn't take it off for three or four minutes. They do. You get in there early. It comes back at minus eight and a half. So you're going to see a lot of this stuff. Um, I will say Vegas is probably pricing some of this in. Like with that Dallas game, I, I feel pretty confident that they're pricing in at least Porzingis being out, probably more. But um, yeah, th this is good times with a couple days left to, to just be real cognizant of what the injury news looks like and jump in in a couple minutes before they wipe them off the book and reset them. Yeah, 100%. That's actually the, the biggest betting win that I had so far this year was uh, Nets plus 13 and plus 700 on the money line against the Clippers where everybody was supposed to rest. And then all of a sudden they go, hey, everybody's probable now. And I, yeah. I tweeted about it at the time. I was like, hey, jump on the Nets now. And that ended up being, I mean, just a crush spot because yeah, they were plus 13 and a half and then plus 700 on the money line and they and they crushed the Clippers. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely a profitable way to go about things. Especially if these, and there are, trust me, there are a lot of books that are waiting even more than a couple minutes to pull them up. I try and do it right away. Uh, just make sure you don't accidentally bet the wrong team because your fingers <laughs> are, you know, you know, you're, you're trying to rush to get bets in and, and something like that. You definitely want to be careful, but I digress. San Antonio, Utah jazz. What are we looking at here for, for the San Antonio Spurs outside of the fact that they're going to be, they're going to be scoreboard watching in the four o'clock hour for sure. Yeah, it's, it's really tough just because, like I said before, we, we don't know whether this game matters for them or not. And, I mean, if it does, DeMar DeRozan, 8,100 on DraftKings, he's going to have to play a whole bunch of minutes. He's somebody who is, let's see, how many minutes have they been playing him recently? Uh, only played 28 last game, but it was a blowout, 33 the game before. His minutes actually haven't been all that high, but I, I, I think he could push for 40 minutes in this game if this, is a, if this is a spot where they have to win to make the playoffs. So DeRozan is somebody who could either end up playing 40 minutes or not playing at all, depending on where the, where they sit in the standings come at the start of this game. So just pay attention to that and who's starting for the Spurs. It's a situation where I just feel like we don't have enough information right now to really know for sure what's going to go on with them. Man, even, even if DeRozan does play 40 minutes, like how much do I really like this guy? He's his, I, I'm, I'm honestly a little bit surprised with LaMarcus Aldridge sideline for the entire bubble, for the entire restart, right? I'm pretty shocked as to, as to DeRozan's usage uh, and his overall production inside the bubble. I, I get that, you know, this, is, this doesn't cater to DeRozan's style of play, the, the new style of basketball. We all could agree on that. But I'm still very much shocked that that hasn't been the case. Like, his usage is 25% in the bubble. Almost every time when you had a, re a legitimate sample that DeRozan's been out, or sorry, that Aldridge has been out, you know, it's, it's been 30-plus percent. So, I don't know. It's, it's kind of strange to me. Really, he's been okay. 25% usage, 25% assist rate, uh, rebound rate is 7.7%. But there's been nothing special about DeMar DeRozan in this restart. And I will, I'm, I'll never try and predict, you know, to say what his ceiling is. But he doesn't have a single 50 fantasy point game. 
And they've had some very easy matchups without Aldridge on the floor, without Bryn Forbes on the floor. And he hasn't really taken advantage of that. So here would be my counter to that. They haven't played him nearly as many minutes as, as I think they can or what I would expect from that either. And the usage is a little bit lower. But still, look at overall in the bubble. 38.68 DK fantasy point average in just 32 minutes per game. So now let's say that he's playing against the Jazz backups. And those 32 minutes go to 40 minutes. And that 38 DraftKings point average, that could become 45 to 50 just based on he's getting, if, if we put him at 40 minutes, which I think is probably somewhere around the ceiling, if this game really matters, that's 25% more minutes than he was playing before. And he had a 38 DK fantasy point average. So, I mean, that puts him 45 plus fantasy points. So in that situation, I'm still willing to roster him, especially considering how easy this matchup is going to be against Jazz backups. Okay, what's to suggest, though, that he plays 40 minutes when every game they've played has been critical thus far? The scores of some of these games have not really been – like last game, they beat, the, they, beat, they beat the breaks off the Rockets. They beat them by, you know, 18 stars didn't play in the fourth quarter. Uh, game against the Pelicans, they were up by double digits for most of the game. They, have, they haven't really played in close games in the bubble. They've played in a, they've played in a couple – uh, the, the one really close game they played was against the Kings. That was a one-point game, and he played 38 minutes. I think that a lot of these have just been circumstantial. They haven't played that many competitive games. All right. I, uh, I don't know, bro. I don't know. <laughs> Philly was real close, 31 Let's minutes. See. Damn. Yeah, that was, that was a close minutes. game. Look, he also, oh, he's also gone in foul trouble. What, like once? Um, I think he had three first half fouls against the Jazz. He might have had three first half fouls against the Nuggets. Look, you might be right. All I'm saying is that he's a 30% usage and 30% assist rate guy with Aldridge off the floor this year. Now we've got seven straight games with Aldridge off the floor in the restart. And it just, you know, hasn't it hasn't been there yet. So maybe Pop does say, like, okay, we were saving this for game eight, but I don't know. This so, we'll find out. Uh, ultimately, DeRozan's just not at 1.16 fantasy points per minute in the bubble. They're okay numbers. Uh, I'm personally just not champing at the bit to, to get there is all. No, I'm not, I'm not champing at the bit to get to him either. And I, I prefer, if, if we're going on the list of guys, he would be fourth for me. He's behind Lillard. Uh, he's, he's behind Booker. He's behind Morant. But I still think he's worth consideration. He's not somebody I would X out of the player pool. Uh, the other thing that I would say, too, is, is to your point, if, if I'm trying to analyze why, why is it the case that his usage rate is down? Why is it the case that his assist rate is down relative to what we've seen from Aldridge? I'm just trying to uh, think about this information. You know what I think it is? I think it's because Murray and White are playing more together. Like, we haven't seen the three of them play together all that much this year. Now, instead of there being only two ball handlers on the court, there's three ball handlers on the court at the same time. So maybe there is something to, to what you're saying as to why it's been lower, because it definitely has. And if I'm trying to apply logic to it, I think that's probably the reason. Okay. It's hard to say, especially with Popovich coach teams and, you know, a mid-range, a mid-range guy in, in, in DeMar DeRozan. Uh, what about, and I, I will move on after this, but what about DeJounte Murray? He's another bug guy who on a per minute basis is a very talented player, plus one fantasy point per minute guy all season long. Matter of fact, through the first two weeks of the season, this guy was leading everyone in per minute production, not just on the team, but in the league. Uh, you know, again, I, I don't see him getting more than 32 minutes or so. Yeah, I think they've been a little cautious with them all year just because of the ACL surgery he had last year. And I think that maybe they'll have a little bit more leash next season. 
So he's still somebody who, who has upside. He's had a couple decent games in the bubble, but I just think they've been so careful with his health long-term that they haven't really been willing to push him. So I'm, I'm a little hesitant to say that he has the same potential to play like 38 to 40 minutes at DeRozan has. I don't really see that in Murray. All right. What about on the other side of this game? Utah Jazz, they're without Rudy Gobert. We know that. We know they're without Mike Conley. That's it. And yeah, so they're locked and, in. Sorry, and they're locked into the sixth seed, which is also pretty important. Yeah, so this game doesn't mean anything for them. They they played their starters last game and they each played like 15 to 20 minutes. It, it was very limited playing time for the starters. They didn't play in the second half. And Emmanuel Moody is also listed as questionable for this game. So if we assume that I actually I don't even know. Would they sit like do they care enough about Moody to to sit him when he's listed as questionable? Yeah. Honestly, do they care enough about him to play him <laughs> if he's active? <laughs> that's, that's true also. I, do, I mean, and I'm serious about that. This was a big point of contention earlier in the season where I was like I get I get a lot wrong. Don't get me wrong. I get plenty wrong. Uh, but I, I'm very adamant about knowing that Quinn Snyder is one of the more predictable guys in the league. And Moutier was like 75 percent. owned. I, I said, I'm going nowhere near this guy. He is not going to get the minutes. You're just going to see Donovan Mitchell get the run at the one. Joe Ingles play the two. And then they throw in Royce O'Neal, Bogdanovich, go to bear and then do what you need to do. But in this case, uh, Mike Conley is out. Mitchell can slide over, but Bogdanovich is also out. And Moutier has been playing, what, 26, 27, 27, 28 minutes in his last two games. So this, this to me, is a different situation than it would have been earlier in the year. They do have Jordan Clarkson, which is interesting, but his minutes were, were very limited last time out. I don't know. Moutier is just one of those guys to me that even if he does get the minutes, so much has to go right. So here's what I'm struggling with. I'm looking at their depth chart now. And all right, so assuming that the starters are limited and assuming Moutier doesn't play, I still have no clue who the hell is playing point guard minutes for them. Like I look at the roster. It's like, who do I want to play? Who's the value play? And I honestly have no clue. Like, are they they're going to play Rajon Tucker a bunch of minutes? Are they going to play Mie Oni a bunch of minutes? Like, I I don't I don't know. There's I don't I don't trust any of these guys. There's nobody unless one of these guys ends up entering the starting lineup. There's nobody I really want to say I want to make a significant investment in any of these guys because we don't know anything about them. We don't know how much they're going to play either. Can I interest you in Justin Wright Foreman? Sure, that's a real I, person, I, like, by the way. I, I know that is a real I person. I know he's on the depth chart. I just don't know how much he's going to play or what he's going to do. He played 15 minutes last game. He was okay for fantasy. Seven points and three assists in, uh, in 15 minutes. That's not terrible. If, if he plays 30 minutes, you know, those would be decent numbers if we double those. Yeah, but ultimately, just, I'm not but, being serious but, about yeah. that. I, but, but here's the thing. He could start a point guard. So, yeah, exactly. He could. Clarkson, Gobert, Ingles, O'Neal, and Conley started last game, Okay. In the second half, your starters were Nyang, Oni, Moutier, Rajon Tucker, and uh, Tony Bradley. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. It was Conley. Goddamn. Nyang, no. Start up. (laughs) The the popcorn machine drives me nuts. Uh, Nyang, Moutier, Tucker, and Ed Davis. And Oni did start. Yeah, okay, so... Look at, dude, go in Popcorn Machine and look at that second half rotation. It's an absolute travesty. There is nothing you can decipher from that whatsoever at all. 
there, there's, there's nothing there. So, you know, unless you think that, 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 that wild type of rotation where this guy's subbing in for him and then he subs in for a point guard who subs in for a center who subs in for two small forwards and the coach, like it's, it's going to be really tough. So I don't know, man, this is one of those games. This is probably for me, the toughest game right now to figure out. It's, it's, it's really tough. If I'd pick one value play from the jazz that I feel decent about, it's Tony Bradley, just cause he is a really good fantasy producer. I think there's a chance that he starts. If we got the, the game against the Spurs where Gobert also missed that game, they're playing the Spurs again, Tony Bradley played 22 minutes had 15 points and 11 rebounds. And he's made two starts this year. He had 11 points and 10 rebounds in both those starts, even though uh, he picked up 5,000 both of them played limited minutes. So yep. if, Bradley, value, if, if Bradley's going to get decent minutes, he's a good value. Value centers, man. It's the best position to pick up value. It really is. It's the easiest place to manufacture and fall face first into fantasy points. There's no doubt. Brooklyn, Portland, big one for the Portland Trailblazers. Dame Lillard coming off a career high tying 61 points. What a great night that was. I'm watching on one TV, the Blazers on the other one, a five overtime game, the fourth longest hockey game in NHL history. It's good to have all of this stuff back. And it's, it's always a pleasure watching Dame Lillard just absolutely annihilate opposing defenses. CJ McCollum, on the other hand, has been playing with a, uh, a fractured back says he's okay. It's not going to bother him too much. You know, he's looked okay. It's pretty much typical C.J. McCollum production. It's a seesaw. It goes up and down. A lot of that contingent upon how Damian Lillard's going to play. But here you have it. The, the, the Portland Trailblazers, eight-and-a-half-point favorites. The total in this game coming in at 236-and-a-half, the highest on the slate. Hard to get away from Dame. I, I know there's people in chat right now, Greg, talking about how go to Nurkic as a pivot for leverage off of Dame. But that you're you're not. I don't really think that's going to create much, much leverage. I do know that Nurkic can take usage away from Dame a lot more than a Hassan Whiteside would, but I'm, I'm, I'm not really feeling that notion knowing that this game is so important and that Dame's probably going to get up 25 plus field goal attempts once again. Yeah. So I like Lillard a lot in this spot, especially for cash games. Like if you're, if you're still playing cash games at this point, you're like, if you're crazy enough to say that you're confident enough in, in the floor of lineups to be playing cash runs. So you have to have Lillard because the most likely scenario is he plays 40 plus minutes and takes a million shots. And I also think I, I don't buy into McCollum's back, not bothering him because look at his usage. It is way down over the last few games. And I also think that's part of the reason that Lillard's taken so many shots and stepped up is because he knows that McCollum's compromised. He knows that McCollum's not hundred percent. And so Lillard's putting more of the load on his shoulders because McCollum the last few games uh, 16% usage rating, 19%, 17% usage rating in three of the last four games. So M McCollum is not playing the same role that he has played in earlier parts of the season. And I think that we could attribute that to the back injury. And that is why Lillard's getting more usage. Also just because of the, the gravity of the situation, this team needs to win. Lillard's the star. He's going to take all the shots. So I, I don't care about the price tag. There's too much floor and too much ceiling for me to ignore Lillard. Okay. The good thing about Terry Stotts is you know exactly what he's going to do. Uh, he's going to play these guys a ton of minutes. Like yeah, there's, for sure. you know, there's, there's, this is, they control their own destiny. So it doesn't matter what happens in those other games. That's the beautiful thing about this. Uh, I, I think Lillard probably plays 41 minutes. McCollum plays another 39, 40 minutes. 
And, and there's no reason at this point not to believe that Lillard's got a 36% usage rate over those aforementioned four games that you had just talked about. McCollum's below 20%. Nurkic is at 21%. There's not a single player other than that within or above 20%. So uh, it gives you a pretty good idea of what you're dealing with. Carmelo Anthony at 19.6%. Uh, I, I can't get away from someone like Damian Lillard. Uh, and then you just look at his production in the bubble. It's not fluky. They need this from no, him. No, it's, it's ridiculous. It's the, yeah. the usage is so high. My only concern here is if you want to know how Dame fails, it's Portland's a 10-point favorite today. If they get up by like 25 points against the Nets, given his recent work rate, I think there's potential for him to sit out at the end of the fourth quarter. That's the only way he fails to me. So to me, the pivot isn't going to Nurkic. The pivot is just rostering like Morant and Booker and DeRozan or something like that. Like, I, I don't think there's a direct pivot because I think the most likely scenario for Dame failing is not playing fourth quarter minutes, which should also affect the other starters on the Blazers. Sure. I don't disagree there. I will say this much, though. Like, given that we're going to have so much minimum salary 3K value, I don't know if I'd even want to pivot to DeRozan off of Lillard because if DeRozan goes for 45 or 50, Lillard can have a game where he doesn't play the fourth quarter and still <laughs> goes for 45 or 50 and the salary doesn't matter as much, but the upside is still there. So uh, I guess that's a give and take situation for sure. Do you consider playing some Brooklyn Nets players if you're saying you might have some concern that this game gets out of hand and Dame doesn't get his full allotment of minutes? If that's the case, do you want somebody from the Brooklyn Nets because if this game stays close, they're going to be in there for their full minutes? So I think that per dollar, the best value here is Joe Harris, just because he's played really well in the bubble. He hasn't been priced up for the performance. His usage is up. He's playing more minutes than he played earlier in the season. So I think that he is decent. The only question I have here is, like, why are the Nets playing guys regular minutes? What's, what's, what's the motivation? Is it just to play spoiler? And the other thing, too, is, I mean, if I'm looking at the other side, the, the Nets have been a very tough team to predict in the bubble. So maybe there is a chance that they play guys regular minutes. So I think that if I'm rostering Nets guys, I would just make a full game stack. But I'm, I don't, I'm not like too keen to play one-offs on the Nets just because I'm, I'm not confident in a bunch of guys playing right and all of them playing regular minutes. Uh, for... Justin, the, here are the players that got 30-plus minutes last game against Orlando. And, and the, so the, the guys that played 30-plus minutes were uh, Zan and Musa played 35 minutes, which is pretty remarkable, came off the bench. Uh, and then Justin Anderson played 31 minutes. Dante Hall, who's questionable, so is Chioza, played 30 and a half or almost 31 minutes. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Kurutz did not play in the fourth quarter. Was he in foul trouble by any chance? One, two. No, he wasn't. He just didn't play. So it's, it's re They're really tough to predict. This is, yeah. this is a tough team to nail down the rotation. If, if just gun to your head. I don't know why somebody did this, but put a gun to your head and say how many minutes or who's going to be secure from the minutes. The, the starters, do they how play? How dare you put a metaphorical <laughs> gun to my head? You know that you know what movie that's from? I don't. No? You ever no, seen Couples one. Retreat? Vince Vaughn? No. John Favreau? Oh, great movie. Go ahead. Go ahead. So Continue. Nets players, most likely, most likely scenario, rest, full minutes, or partial minutes, do you think? I, it's probably partial minutes to me. Well, the the I I don't think there's any way they rest them, only because we have we have pretty good indicators that they're like 
And by the way, when we're talking about rest, who are we talking about? Like their stars, Karis Levert and Jared Allen, <laughs> right? They've been confirmed in from what I've from what I've seen. So okay. Uh, same with Joe Harris. So I, I'd say I'd say limited minutes, but I'd give I'd give someone like Levert. 30 or sorry, 25, 26. Same with Jared Allen. I think they'll fall in around that range. Maybe they don't play the fourth quarter or something, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit difficult. I'm with you. There's, there's not a ton there, uh, but you got to ask the question because if we're worried about, I'm not worried about the blowout with Dame, honestly, like if they blow this team out, he's probably going to have a hand in it. So yeah, I'll, I'll bite the bullet on that one to follow up on your gun to my head reference. Sorry to do that to you. <laughs> let's close this out hey if you haven't done so yet hit that thumbs up helps us a ton if you just joined a little while ago welcome uh stick around after the show mlb strategy show is coming up next and if you haven't checked out awesome.com yet we'd love to have you over there we'd love to have you hop into our premium slack chat when you sign up at awesome.com slash join and really just take a look around even if you're not ready at awesome.com slash join We've got, scroll to the bottom. Not a lot of people know this. You scroll to the bottom, you can see tutorial videos on all of our best, most popular tools, the tools that help people win real money. Uh, and you can see exactly what they do, why people like them, what they're used for. You can see, you can see testimonials to people that are members and subscribers that have been with our site for a while. But more than anything, you're getting tools that are developed and used by Alex Baker, Awesome himself, the number one ranked DFS player in the world. He just took down another monster tournament last night. It's absurd. Um, it's not just slapping his name on it. Like these are his tools. He uses these tools to win money. And uh, I think that's why a lot of people are with us. Not only that though, we have great content from other people. We have great premium articles. We have the lineup builder. We have a good bunch of analysts who put, you know, every day into putting in the work so that they can provide you guys with, with the right moves, the right plays, the right decisions to make uh, you know, as a complimentary piece to all of our projections and ownership and top stack tools and everything else. So, uh, if you're looking to change your game up, uh, go to awesome.com slash join and check out everything we have from the weekly pass to the express weekly for three ninety five a week. I say it all the time. I would highly recommend the monthly. I, I think the all access monthly is perfect because even if you don't think you want to play NFL or you want to play MLB and only don't, don't want to play NBA or PGA or NASCAR or UFC or NHL or esports, we've got everything. If these sites have contests for them, we've got content, premium, projections, ownership, everything for everything at awesomeo.com slash join. Be sure to join that premium Slack chat when you do. People talking DFS and sports and, you know, making friends all day long. All right, Greg, let's close this out. Orlando and New Orleans or New Orleans, as many would say. Drew Holiday, out. Brandon Ingram, out. Zion Williamson, out. Orlando, last I looked, four and a half point favorites in this one. Uh, now it's down to three, as a matter of fact. That's interesting. On the other side, Evan Fournier out. And Aaron Gordon, Michael Carter-Williams, Terrence Williams out. What a shit game to try and figure <laughs> out. So I'll set the table with this, let you take over, and we'll close this out, turn it over to the MLB crew. Last well, first, game. Last first. game with – sorry, now I'm setting the table. <laughs> last game without – uh, these three guys for New Orleans, Alvin Gentry started Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, who's questionable, Etwan Moore, Nicola Melli, and Jackson Hayes, and not a single player on this team cracked the 30-minute mark. That sucks. 
All right. Well, first of all, very important game for me because my biggest offseason bet of the season was uh, New Orleans under 39 and a half wins. So if they okay. lose today, I win the bet. If they win, it's a it's going to be a push because there's not going to be enough games. So important game for me for all kinds of dumb reasons. But the other thing in terms of rotation, I like value on the New Orleans side of the game. But I understand that the minutes were wonky last game. With Josh Hart questionable, I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a really good GPP play because when he's on the floor, you know what he does? He shoots. He's a 25.5% usage rating this year. Doesn't matter he doesn't make shots. We saw us in the opening game of the season when he was somewhat of a popular play and the game still mattered. He could not make anything. He did not stop shooting. So he has a 35% field goal percentage this year, really high usage rating. I think there's a pretty good chance that he plays extended minutes today because, like, why not? Look at this point in the season. Like when, when else are you going to play a guy you drafted in the, in the first round other than the last game of the season, a bunch of guys are resting. He's a guy who profiles to have a really fantasy friendly game when he's on the court. So I like him a decent amount. Uh, Jackson Hayes starting at center. Like what's the value in playing Jaleel Okafor as many p- minutes as he played last game? Like we know what Okafor is. I think that Jackson Hayes gets more of the center minutes today. So those are two guys that I like as value plays Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander Walker. Okay. It's a tough one. There's, it really is. But Jackson Hayes, yeah. The, the biggest thing for me, and I'll leave it at this, and I'll let you close out with, with, um, with Orlando because we're up against it. Biggest thing for me is if I'm considering players, there's a couple of things. Dirt cheap players, I want them to be someone that can produce in the event that they, they get very limited time. I want to know that, okay, this guy can give me more than a fantasy point per minute. I don't need 40 minutes from it. Second of all, this has been something you'll hear me preach all the time. And this is just facts. Unless it's a ball handling wing and there aren't that many of us, specifically the value guys, very, very seldom will you see that when they're coming in and replacing a starter. Centers and point guards are the ones that are going to give you the best opportunity to get quality production in limited minutes if they don't get 30 plus. So, uh, and you just mentioned Jackson Hayes, uh, Alexander Walker, those guys are either going to have ample block shot blocking rebounding put back opportunities or playmaking and pick and roll scoring opportunities that's what i'm looking for so maybe we're not going to be here when we're talking about crazy news that breaks and now you're sitting there left by yourself figuring out who am i looking at well just consider that guys that have the ball in their hands guys that are going to have easy opportunities to score fantasy points usually is the simplest decision to make all right greg uh, you can follow up on that and then close out with Orlando or just close out on Orlando. The floor is yours. Yeah. So the other thing too, that just one more thing to add on. I also think that there's correlation. Chris Stapps is doubtful now, by the way. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not playing. I think that's nope. to be, to be go expected. Or right, go ahead. I said um, go away. Go, ahead. <laughs> go away. All right. I'll leave. I'll leave. Uh, We're I, also go think, away in a <laughs> I also think there's correlation playing Nikhil Alexander Walker and Jackson Hayes together because it stands to reason if one of them plays extended minutes, both of them are playing extended minutes because they would be on the court for the same reasons. The, the Pelicans playing backups, trying to get the young guys extended minutes. So I think it makes a lot of sense to have them in the lineups together. As for the Orlando side of the game, I like Markel Fultz. This is a game already the, the Pelicans do not defend point guards well. Now it figures that this is going to be uh, him playing against the backups there. Markel Fultz, for all the issues that he's had, and you might have a little bit of bias against him as a, as a Sixers fan. Very good fantasy player. He's a guy who racks this up. This guy stats. sucks, man. Don't <laughs> give me that shit. <laughs> when he's on the court, he racks up counting stats. This is a favorable matchup for him. You look at him in the bubble the last couple of games, 30 DK points, 44 DK points. This is the spot where I think if you're the magic, 
you try to extend Markel Fultz and give him extra minutes. Our last game was a blowout two games ago against the Celtics played 33 minutes. I think that he has potential to play over 30 minutes in this game. He's reasonable. He's a good permanent fantasy producer when he's on the court. He's somebody who I don't think is going to have all that much ownership and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You're blinded by the hype, Greg. You're blinded by the, <laughs> the hype. The, the, is, the, hype is, the, the hype is way gone. The hype is way gone. Mark. No, it's not. Go on Twitter. Anytime. If Markel Fultz makes three shots in a row, it's like, oh, man, I bet. I bet. I bet the Sixers are crying in their soup today. I'm telling you, bro. It is often and early and often. He's averaging what? Less than a fantasy point per minute. By the way, I, I think Markel Fultz is a perfectly fine play today. Uh, his usage is up considerably over his last two starts. I just find it funny. Like he hit a three from his own uh, free throw line to end a to end a half, and you're like, oh my god, Markel Fultz knocking down three pointers like it's his <laughs> job. No, he's not. He heaved one up and ended up getting lucky. But I don't disagree. The usage has been there. His price is affordable, and he'll be playing against a dirt cheap uh, Orlando or a dirt cheap. Sorry, not dirt cheap. A backup squad uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans. So I hear you on that. Anyway, thanks to you guys for hanging out. As always, we appreciate it. We'll be back around for the Live Before Lock Show to answer your questions and break down all of the incoming news that we're going to get throughout the coming hours. Stick around. MLB Live uh, Strategy Show coming up next. Before you head out, to hit that thumbs up. Like I said, massive help. It's the easiest way to help support us here at Awesome O. And we love you for it. See you back here soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.